now welcome to be the leader you deserve podcast this is episode six almost paradise in this episode laura and i chat with four colleagues to discuss the experiences with the different leadership styles so with us today we have jill capel brandy kalen yana Petrovsky, and amy mcdonald all right so we're going to get started with our questions the first one that we have is what are top, the top three things good leaders do to cultivate a positive culture Amy, do you want to lead us off? Absolutely. Um, I would say number one has to be leading by example. So the administration, the principal, just really setting the the bar for what the culture should look like. You know, making sure that they're respectful to staff and expecting that not only um, from the students, but everybody in the building. I guess that's really number two, the expectation for everybody to kind of follow that and to be kind and to be respectful. And then the third one, I think, which is the most important and why it works at Kenwood is set up a framework for the students to do the same. Like they, we, they've seen the example of adults being kind and respectful and us having a great culture and then ex- expecting them to follow our lead. I love it. Brandy, do you want to... Yes. Go next. Um, I would say lead with passion um, is one, and then be hardworking. I mean, just never, not afraid to work any time of the day, and then just be a good listener and listen to their needs. Yana, I think you are at the horse farm right now, so <laughs> well, you want to take it next? Hey, shout out to Churchill Downs there. <laughs> Right. Heather Hill, thank you. So, no, but I I second all of that. I agree with what Amy and Brandy said. But I think, I also think that a good leader is diplomatic and can create an environment where one can be self truly. And with that, a good leader is also open minded to her own actions and decisions and, and also thoughts. And I think another thing a good leader does is that a good leader is upfront and direct with the staff. Yeah, and that's interesting that you say that. I wonder um, how that directness varies, like by person. How many people appreciate directness, and how many people don't? That would be interesting to explore. Yeah, I do think sometimes directness. Some people have an appreciation for that. I know I'm definitely one of those people. Other people see that as uh, too authoritative or confrontational, and and shy away from that. So that is an interesting well, thought. Well, a leader is supposed to lead, so it's supposed to be direct. I think. <laughs> It's <laughs> true. Joe Capel? Hey, I think um, listening, uh, be a good listener, to be available and open, not like hiding back in your office, and to be positive. Try to take those negative people and, you know, turn them into positives. I love it. All right, so we'll move on to the second question. What are the top three things bad leaders do to cultivate a toxic culture? I'm not sure if any of you have had experience with this, but Amy, do you want to lead us off again? I won't say where those experiences came from, but I can give you a couple examples. Um, I think when you're cultivating a toxic culture, the worst thing you can do is talk about your staff, not only amongst other staff members, but amongst the admin. I think that's probably the most toxic thing. I think the second uh, toxic thing would have to be 
um, not letting people have creativity or encouraging them to do their own thing. Like, of course, we're bound by some, you know, some rules, but just stifling creativity. Um, and then the third one, um, there, I can think of a whole lot of them, but I think it, it's really a negative when we don't give students that example kind of like it's the opposite of my positive if we don't give them that example and then we allow them to treat each other that way it's interesting that you said something about stifling creativity because i just got a book it's called herding tigers um, and the subtitle is be the leader that creative people need and i'm so excited to dive into it yeah i mean what other place lets me <laughs> every day once a month <laughs> yeah you know amy it's funny uh, building on that lauren i've had this discussion before not about you dressing up but about just um leadership styles i remember when i was in principal prep and, and honestly the book that i i think it was something like um leadership on fire or something like that but it talked about um leaders um when you have mavericks on your staff people who want to just really take lead um how that that's intimidating to some leaders so that's interesting to hear that from the perspective uh, of a teacher to hear that that's that's really well embraced that when that's allowed yeah it's a game changer for me love it brandy do you want to go next sure i would say um leading with no energy just um you know um his way or her way or no way you can see the passion's not there, it's, it, and I think that bleeds through the building. Um, or just not listening to people's requests and letting them have voice. Those are my three. Yeah, I would agree with all those as well. Passion and energy are so important. For sure, yeah. <laughs> Yana, do you want to go next? Yeah, and, and leader care about their staff and, and their well-being that I think will lead to a toxic environment as well not that you have to bend over backwards to do everything your staff needs and wants but to show that you care at least um, and then I think a leader that takes sides I don't think that's a good thing because a leader should be diplomatic as well and like Amy said um, no one wants a leader that talks about someone behind their back and that's why I also said that I appreciate the direct and upfront because I think that's what a leader should be if there's something going on that someone needs to know tell them straight up and let it be like that instead of talking about it with someone else um, no one wants to hear that yeah, I can tell you, you know, Yana, one of my, my leadership pet peeves um, on both sides is when there's something that one person is doing and the leader confronts the whole staff. Like, that's a pet peeve of mine. I know as a teacher, I always hated sitting through that because um, the one person that needed to hear it wasn't paying attention and everybody else thinks, is she talking to me? So, yeah. So, I, I as I mentioned, I have an appreciation for directors as well. And I think we've tried to have a general rule that if it's more than four or five people, then we address the whole staff. But if it's just two or three people, then going to them directly. So absolutely. We try to have that. Still capable? Um, yeah, I think um, someone that kind of just commands what they want and don't, doesn't see what the staff as a whole needs. Uh, kind of that my way or the highway. Um, without being a listener as we said they should be and then being unavailable just you know locked in your office or just not there 
going to take a nap in the middle of the day. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, well, I have a question for each of you individually. So if it's okay, because we didn't do this at the beginning, whenever I ask your question, if you don't just if you don't care to just say what um, it is that you do, um, and if there's anything else you'd like to share briefly, and then we'll go into your question. So Jill Cable, I'm gonna start with you. Um, do you care to just share, like, share what it is that you do? Uh, I am the attendance clerk, and I've been doing that for 30 years. Before that, I was uh, part-time lunchroom office, and before that, a PTA mom. Before that, a student. <laughs> <laughs> You've done it all. <laughs> so you have been connected to our school for over 30 years. How many principals have you worked with? I've worked with five. Five, okay. Mm -hmm. And what did the good leaders have in common with one another as it relates to building a good culture? Um, I think a love of the people, the parents, the staff, and the students. Um, I think they have generally... The Goodwins have had a watch and learn uh, mentality, a listening leadership, and they just surround themselves with excellence. I love that. Hey, I love that you said that, because um, I'm going to hope that you're counting me as one of those good leaders. <laughs> <Absolutely>. but, <laughs> but I, I remember, uh, and I said this last week when we were talking with Bowie, I know when I first started um, Principal Prep, one of the things that an existing principal told me is is the best gift you can give to um, great staff is to surround them with other great staff. Um, right. And so uh, try to do that. Right. Absolutely, you do. All right, Brandy, um, do you want to tell us what it is that you do and kind of your history in education? Sure. I am the academic instructional coach now, currently, so I'm working with the whole staff. And then before that, I have taught this is my 19th year at Kenwood. I've only ever been at Kenwood, and I have no reason to ever leave Kenwood. <laughs> Before that, I was a teacher in first grade, second grade, third grade, and fourth grade. I just kept moving on up. <laughs> and um, so that's my history. Okay. Brandy's history also includes that first, second, and third grade with my daughter, Madison. So, so there we go with that. <laughs> moving on up. <laughs> You just kept living on up. <laughs> so, um, Brandy, you have now served in the capacity to see things through the lens of a teacher and through the administrative lens. What do you think was most impactful as a teacher that you want to make sure continues as part of the admin team? Um, as a rule, my three reminders for myself every day as a teacher were stay calm, focus on the positives, um, you have kids that are doing the right thing and kids that are doing the wrong thing. And if you focus on the ones that are doing the right thing, the ones that are doing the wrong thing usually um, start to do the right thing. They just have to, to hear it. So it's, it's so easy to find what's wrong. It's easier for teachers to focus on what's wrong and then that just creates more negativity in your classroom. So I think it's very important to focus on the positive and be specific about it. And then of course, uh, building relationships. If I didn't know if I had a list of my kids and I couldn't tell you at least two or three things about them individually, then I knew I needed to grow, grow my relationships. So um, now that I am moving on to admin, admin position, um, I see the bigger picture um, 
not in my classroom I, I, I feel like I was maybe in a bubble just with my grade level and my PLC but now moving to admin I see the whole school and um, what everyone's roles how important everyone's roles really are to making the whole to every to adding all the pieces of the puzzle and making it all success um, but I do feel like my newest role this will be my third year having my child as a student in Kenwood as a parent and I do feel like that one truly seals the deal it's cherry on top I really have a bigger um, picture now because I can see it through all lenses and um, that that really helps me to see the big picture Randy, that's one of the, the reasons that make you so valuable is that you do have all those different lenses and you're always considering all of those. You know, you mentioned something that made me think, I know as a staff, something that we usually do every year is that we, you know, have teachers look at their list probably two or three months in and are there students that you couldn't tell us two or three things about? And if so, those are the students that you need to get to know better. So it prompted me to think, if I had this, the staff list out, could I say two or three, do I know two or three things about all of our staff members? So that's going to be something that I think I'm going to try. Um, and if not, then that's, that's a prompting for me to, to work on those relationships uh, with the staff members. I think I probably can, but um, if not, then that's a good prompting for me just to apply what you do with kids, with adults. Well, I'm yes, and that was my biggest realization my first year is that adults need those same things that I focused on with kids. Um, staying calm and focusing on the positive and all those things I need to do those with adults too. <laughs> sure. And you do a great job of focusing on the positive with staff members too, Brandy. And um, I think you're right. I mean, that's just a great general rule for life. If you're focusing on the negative, you're going to get more negative. But if you're focusing on the positive, which we, I think we do really well as an yeah. admin team trying to do with staff, um, you're going to get more positive. I think you get what you give as well yes yes <laughs> absolutely so Brandy, the last part of your question are there things that you thought were one way as a teacher that you might see differently now on the other side um i just realized that i need to do what what i did with students with staff as well um, and i didn't realize how much how hard, I mean, I knew everyone worked hard, but I didn't know exactly what everyone did. So I guess in this role, I just see the importance of every single person and the bigger picture. And it's not about just what your one team needs. It's when we make decisions, we have to think about what impacts the most kids and not just what impacts me or my class. Yeah, for sure. I think that was the most eye-opening thing for me too, moving from a teacher to a counselor, um, getting outside of just my one classroom. All right, so Amy and Yana together, you are both relatively new to our building and the two of you came to our school at the same time. And before you answer um, the questions, I would love for Amy and Yana, if you will both say what it is that you do and just kind of give us your history really quick. Um, I think because Yana's on the horse farm and I'm not, I cannot hear her when she talks, so we might have to go one at a time. Sure. That's okay. Okay. Um, I'll let Yana go first. Okay. Uh, so I'm an ESL teacher uh, at Kenwood. Uh, I, before then, I taught fourth and fifth grade language arts and social studies um, at a different school. And before then, I worked on a cruise ship for five years. Uh, so I've done a bit of, well, a few different things 
in life. Um, and I will say that um, being an ESL teacher is probably the best thing I've done so far. I love it. Amy, do you want to share? Love to. Um, my name is Amy McDonald, and I'm the new parent liaison, which I'm super stoked about. This is going to be my first year doing that position. And I'm also an ESL teacher, and I'm going to be working with kindergarten teaching um, our kindergartners um, English language and hopefully singing <laughs> a lot with them. So I'm very excited mm -hmm. about that. All right. So, um, you all both often refer to or sing Almost Paradise. What's the meaning behind all of that? I mean, we can't really start talking about it until we sing. So I don't know. I won't be able to hear Yana, but I'll go ahead and do my part. Most paradise. Almost paradise. I'm the stand on heaven's door. Almost paradise. Come on, Amy. <laughs> How can we ask for more? <laughs> I love it so much. What is the meaning behind all of that? Um, well, I can go ahead. I'll go ahead okay. and let Yana well, start. Um, I have worked at, uh, I've been to other, I've been at other schools before, and I can honestly say I've never been this happy at a school. I truly enjoy coming to work, and um, I just refer to Kim as Paradise. It's even become my password to my laptop well that and some numbers and whatnot and it, and girl you're gonna time, have to change that now and every time i have to change my password i just change the number because paradise stays like that's just it um but what i what i truly enjoy about kimwood and why i think it's paradise because it kind of i didn't know it could be that good somewhere like i didn't know that one could be that happy at a school um it's such a positive environment but uh, you know at the same time it's also mentally stimulating because it is challenging it you work hard you kind of expect it to work hard it's it's good because it brings out the best in you so that's why I think it's it's paradise is what it should be like I love that Amy do you want to share I hope I'm not sharing exactly what she said because we do have a similar <laughs> brain sometimes but um we really started singing it because we were just so grateful to be somewhere that the culture was inspiring and we both kind of come from somewhere where we didn't feel valued and so we were just in awe of how kind everybody was how helpful how positive and we were also just so appreciative of how organized i think people don't realize that in order to have an amazing culture there's a lot of organization and systems that go behind that and we were just amazed by that and the other thing we were just really impressed by and jill really she stands by this she'd never asked us to do anything that she hadn't done herself or that um the other administration hadn't done so we were just we felt like we were in heaven in paradise and we sometimes even if there was one negative thing that happened something silly we would look at each other and just almost <laughs> to remind ourselves just to remind ourselves you're in paradise don't take it for granted and, and to add to that if i could um the whole don't suffer in silence that's really made a huge impact on me because that's what a lot of people do at other workplaces and we don't have to do that at Kenwood. 
I know you you both last week we entered we interviewed uh, Dr. Dewey Hensley who was um, my all-time mentor for leadership and so mm-hmm. when we talked with him he talked about two things um, that I heard you both say and they were both uh, the first one he talked about uh, making people feel significant and so Amy you really touched on that um, just those relationships and then also um, expecting expecting from people those high expectations which Yana what you said means sometimes hard work. He said the job of a leader is not to make everybody happy. It's to make people feel significant and so that they will rise to the level of high expectations that you set for them. So um, maybe you have thoughts on that. Well, I think my happiness has come from that. I mean, I I know it's not your job to make me happy, but I think that's the reason I am happy at Kenwood is because I do feel significant and I do work hard and then I feel pride in the work that I've produced. True. And I, I feel like I'm I'm someone. I, I make a difference. I I also I, I agree with what he said. I do as well because being a um, clerical person, we have not always been by some leadership considered um, our opinions and uh, Kenwood as a whole considers the whole and it just makes you want to work harder and do more. And I, um, yes, for me, I've, I've done things at Kenwood that I never wanted to do maybe or even thought I could do that um, I accomplished so and I know that's because of you Jill so push us out of our comfort zone but but we do it and we feel like it's meaningful and and it has support we grow yep thank you for those kind words I think one of our favorite quotes is um, people who are appreciated always do more than what's expected and so it's nice to hear that everybody feels valued in different positions because we really that's at the core of what we, we believe absolutely all right, so you know you can't go through an interview with us without being asked this question. All of you have had it before, and we're gonna ask it again. So we'll start with you, Amy. What are three words that others who know you would use to describe you? Uh, well, I have to say funny, because I said that when I was interviewing, and Jill looked at everybody and said, why is everyone funny? <laughs> Guess what? I really- I really am. You really are. You really are funny. I remember you saying that, but I really am. Um, I'm funny. I'm loyal. And um, I would say one of my best qualities is uh, persevering. All right, Brandy, you're up. What are three words that others know you would use to describe you? Um, I would say loyal. Um, I would hope that's positive because sometimes I spend people when they're when they're in a negative. Um, sometimes I try to turn it to positive. You do. Um, some people like it, some people don't, but I, I try to stay that way either way. Um, and then lastly, I would say everyone who knows me says I'm a hard worker and I stay busy. 
Absolutely. You know, Brandy, it's funny. One of the I know one of the things that Brandy always does, and I've started th- adapting that mindset. Is that I know after reading a reading, I forget what book it was, Brandy, but you talked to me about how turning your have tos into get tos, mm-hmm. and so that, oh, that's game changer. Yeah, that's one of the things that you've done that has really helped me. And so, um, you know, sometimes I I begrudgingly will say, "That's what I get to do today," but and that's <laughs> that's just in joking. But it is it is a real game changer for a mindset when you when you look at the things that are on your to-do list for the day and you, you take an appreciative lens of here are the things I get to do and, and have that thought of gratitude. Yes, I started doing that last year and it, it really does change your mindset and makes you appreciate everything. For sure. All right, Yana, what are three things that others who know you would you? use to describe you well uh, i'm gonna try and focus on three positive things that i hope you would <laughs> um, but i would like to think and i don't even remember when i said an interview i'm so nervous but i used to think i'm very adventurous and i would like to think that i'm still adventurous um i would like to, to think that i'm also kind and um open-minded and because those are really important qualities to me that people are open-minded and kind so hopefully i am too Absolutely, I would agree with all of those. Yes. Right. All right, Jill Capel, last question. Oh. What are three words that others who know you would use to describe you? Um, I think uh, dedicated, friendly, and sincere. Absolutely, 100%. Yeah, Jill's kind of like the mother to everybody in Kenwood. <laughs> so we all, she, she takes on all of our burdens and counsels us. Um, and, and, and one of the things that Jill does that I think is, is born out of her culture is she makes everybody feel like priority. She has 112 things to do daily on her own, but she never, whenever she come, whenever you come to her, she never makes you feel like you're not the top priority. So that's, that's just another, I agree. another great tip for, for great customer service. And she makes the parents uh-huh. feel that way too. Absolutely. When they Absolutely. Well, ladies, thank you so much for being with us today. And we want to thank our listeners for being with us this week. Uh, tune in next week as we talk about emotional intelligence and the role it plays in developing culture for different types of staff members. If you enjoyed this episode, Almost Paradise, please share it with your friends by using the social media button you see at the bottom of the post. And don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes to get automatic episode updates for our Be The Leader You Deserve podcast. And finally, please take a moment to leave us an honest review and rating on iTunes. They really help us out when it comes to the ranking of the show. Um, And we make a point to read every single one of the reviews we get. Thanks so much for listening today, everybody, and have a great week.